Hey guys, welcome to Hard Time Strongman Podcast. This is Six. I'm here with Seven. Today we are talking about your community town meeting. And when I'm talking about that, I mean your community preparedness. Town meeting. Yeah. This is the kind of thing that you would put together in times of, say, natural disaster or maybe civil unrest, that kind of thing. Just some sort of uncertainty. If there's something major going on with the town where you need to be prepared, probably should get ahead of something. This is what you're going to be doing. Florida on a Tuesday. Oh, my God. You're not wrong. (laughs) We're over here facing like our third or fourth hurricane of the season. I've lost count at this point. Uh, I'm just hoping this cat five doesn't hit us. Oh, jeez. Community preparedness. This is something that we push a lot. This is, you know, this is one of, you know, this attached to several of our core values. You know, when we talk about training up a bear class of man, you know, we talk about homestaying, medical, shoot, move, communicate, your bear, you know, your basic warrior stuff. But community building is, you know, one of the, if not the most important you know, thing on that list. So town meetings, it's a, you know, cutesy way of us to tell you to get with your neighbors, get with your family and get a plan together so that you guys can weather whatever storm, you know, comes your way because we are currently in hard times. It's only going to get worse. So getting your communities together, being self-sufficient, being decentralized, that is the best way that you're going to weather this and that, you know, you can prepare for the for the years to come, this is a legacy task, you know, getting a community together and organize something that you can pass down to your kids, pass down that value to your kids. And it's how you project you and yours. So the topics of this that we're going to be talking about mainly are going to be food, water, fire. Stop me if you've heard this before, power, security, shelter, you've all heard this. Like this is stuff that we've preached before on previous episodes. This is the the combo of basic pillars of survival mixed with, you know, your security, your situational awareness. This, this is a culmination of everything that we have been pushing. This is in, preparedness in the con in, in the confines in context. of not just you but getting your community on board mm-hmm. and how you can work together in all these things as a community. Right. So let's hit f- the first pillar right here. Well, actually I don't remember the pillar, what order the pillars are, but you know, or shelter fire food. <laughs> so be it. I was waiting on you to actually get that. So Sh- anyway, shut up. I can only Google so fast. No, I mean, we're talking food. We're talking <laughs> food. Well, food this is first. short-term and long-term. Yeah. Short and long-term we're talking about here. So sh- in the short-term, you need to be able to have one month of food per person. Not just you, but everybody there. Everybody in the community needs her head. Thank you. One month of food per person. You need to keep in mind your dietary restrictions. Some people are going to be lactose intolerant. Some people are going to be diabetic. Soy boys. Some, guys, some people are going to be diabetic you know this food needs to be palatable palatable this food needs to be palatable this food also needs to be (laughs) just palatable but you know not moldy well so i threw palatable in there because 
you know, you see a bunch of the uh, like the buckets or the crates of, you know, freeze dried food and oh god you know everything else right or like protein shakes or whatever right and yeah you know in an emergency situation where you're worried you're actually worried about your caloric intake right you're gonna eat what you're gonna eat however comma you know if you have kids that's something to consider because my four-year-old in first world country on a tuesday grazes through our house if i offer him a legit meal he rarely takes it because he's a four-year-old <laughs> and they're picky. little monsters i was about to ask if your kids are horribly picky years. but you know and that's not saying that you have to you know have the most delicious meals in your prep but have that be a consideration right because the more time that you're wasting on trying to get someone to actually eat the food that you're preparing you know it's time that you can be spent doing something else right when it all comes down to it and you know like you said making sure that your food is protected from the elements it has a decent shelf life you're actually rotating your stock so that you know you don't have a bunch of food that is all going to expire at the same time keeping protected from pests from looters what have you you also don't want your food to be have been sitting on the shelf like 15 years past the expiration date thank you u.s army I just want to throw that out there. And in the long term, you need to keep in mind that this is stuff that you need to be able to produce yourself. This means that you need to be able to grow, to harvest your own food. You need to be having meat on hand if you eat meat. I mean, some people don't. I mean, some people eat the, the food of the food that we eat. So you need to be keeping you're, rabbits. You need to be keeping chickens, cattle, goats, mm-hmm. gardens. So your short term, your short term goals for food consumption keep in mind that is those are consumables food Mm -hmm. you know it's going to run out so yes a good baseline is a month of food per head but that is only buying you time that's all that is that's not sustainability which is what your goal needs to be here so like you said having a good garden having you know a way of harvesting you know meat your, your your protein your vitamins and minerals and you know all the other nutrients that go along with that having you know keep in mind the the space and resources that are needed for that so for example i keep chickens i have six chickens in my coop right now great little buggers give me four eggs every day but i need something to feed them right if i'm not just using the grain that i buy from the store say the store runs out catches fire you know whatever disaster may come how am I going to feed those? How am I going to protect those from, you know, stray cats or my dogs or, you know, other people? You know, these are all things to think about. But where community comes into play here, what do you have that your neighbors don't? What do your neighbors have that you don't? How can you guys fill in each other's gaps so that you don't have one family doing everything or one family that's useless? You know, this is where you have your bartering. This is how you have trade. You know, not just, you know, food and you know, other goods, but goods and services, skills. Right. With that, too, you need to have at least one person recommend more that know how to hunt, have the means of hunting wild game. Both large and small, 
you never know how hungry you are until you try to hunt down a squirrel because there's nothing else. Mm. I will reference alone. I mean, nobody's out there taking down bear and eating good for months and months at a time, you know, unless you're that freaking Marine sniper who had like smoked fish in his house that he could have lasted the the entire time plus some, but regardless, you need to be able to, yeah, he misses baby. Uh, you need to be able to hunt wild game, whether that is deer, elk, bear, fish, rabbits, squirrels, any of those. You need to have a way of hunting them. Hell, man, you reference so long. I'll reference one second after a book everybody should mm. read. Agreed. You know, it's on my nightstand. Starvation is one of the the scariest enemies that we may have to face. And that entire book has to deal with the lingering effects of that. You know, it is a persistent hunter. You know, if you can't feed your people, then. You know, somebody will make I'll kill you just like anybody else. And that's a good segue into maintaining security, Mm -hmm. defending yourself from anybody else that could kill you. So referencing, you know, one second after you were talking about people starving, like what happens when you get that food? That's a valuable resource. People are going to want to take that because not everybody, I'll be honest, man, when shit hits the fan, people are going to do whatever the hell they want, whatever the hell they feel like they need to do. And that includes up to and including killing you for what you have. Mm Mm-hmm. Make sure you're guarded. Make sure your resources are guarded. I, I'll be honest with you, man. I don't trust people as far as I can throw them, especially not in that situation. I'm going to assume that you're there, to, not because you're desperate in need of something and you're just a kind folk. You're not going to kill me. I'm assuming you're probably going to kill me. Well, and the thing is, I don't care how nice you are. Mm-hmm. A lot changes when you're watching your family starve. Yes. You have to think, am I going to sit here in my nice, you know, society made box and wait for my family to starve? Or as I'm looking at my daughter not eating for the third day, am I going to go get her some food? And it's not a right or a wrong. It's a right or a left. So plan accordingly. Besides, you know, keeping a garden secure, ways to safeguard your food from other things. So, you know, protecting the shelf life of your food. How are you going to store your food? How are you going to preserve your food? Right? Maybe you should look into things like a root cellar. Maybe you should look into mm. uh, tasks and skills like smoking, you know, smoking meat smoking yes there's like five or six different ways to preserve eggs if you have a surplus of eggs egg noodles salting glassing i mean there is there's so much that you can do so much you can freeze them can't you i don't know about freezing i have seen people where they'll scramble them and then they'll dehydrate it i've seen that too like yes, uh, stuff that is all like super outside the box. If you can scrap enough, 
you know, money together, you know, while money still matters marginally, uh, getting a freeze dryer is a huge investment. And, you know, you're talking about making your own stock right there. So Mm -hmm. a lot of considerations there, but moving on to water. So I threw down in the show notes, a month of water per person. That is not exactly efficient or depending no, on your space that is doable at all. Water storage is a, is a crap ton of water. Water storage is a complete other monster. And water storage should not be your priority in my, you know, in my humble opinion. Of course, you should have water no. stores. You know, you need a decent water store per person. However, just like food, you cannot store enough water. It's too big. It's too heavy. Too much can happen. You know, say you go from, you know, fall into winter, you know, if all of your storage freezes, like think about the damage that causes, you know, water will go bad eventually just sitting in a container, right? So what are you doing to protect it from, you know, the different pathogens or other things that can grow in there. So collection and purification should be your two priorities with that. It looks like from the Mayo Clinic, uh, adequate daily fuel fluid intake is about 15 and a half cups, 3.7 liters of fluids a day per men and about 11 and a half cups, 2.7 liters of fluids per day for women how many liters in a gallon why did you ask me that why are you why are you asking me to do math at 10 o'clock at night because i hate you so one liter is 0.2 gallons yeah so there's 3.7 liters in a gallon 3.8 yeah so yeah how many liters per male a day did you say 3.7 okay so a gallon a day gallon a day so <laughs> you don't have the space to store 30 yeah, gallons no. per no. male that you know no however you can be doing an air study figuring out where you have a renewable collectible source of water you can be picking up on chemical uh, filtration system or uh, purification systems like Aquatabs or uh, bleach. Please, please be very careful with the bleach. Uh, iodine tablets. You iodine could tablets, be yeah. having you know renewable ways to you know boil water oil. in bulk. You could get you could be you know picking up on mechanical filtration systems like the Sawyer which can be, you know, the minis where you can make a straw or a, uh, you know, push flow or a, uh, like a pressure flow system. You can be getting gravity systems because you're talking about now with a community in bulk. Right. And like I said, like I said, this is not a one family conversation. We are talking about a community. We're talking about two plus families that we're talking about for these, for these preps. Right. So something that my, uh, immediate community has done my little cul-de-sac is we have sourced out water collection barrels and we've gotten those connected to our to our 
uh, gutter systems on two houses so far. Okay. And that's just a passive way of collecting water. I so need. I need those. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're not bad. You can get the fifty gallon, fifty gallon. Like it's just like a little water drum, but mm-hmm. throw that on every corner of your house. You know, you have two hundred gallons of water potentially. You know, on tap. But something that's more important than collection, like I said, is you know actually sourcing it. You know, doing your error study, hopping up on. Oh gosh, what was the Caltopo? Hopping on Caltopo, looking at your area, and finding, you know, streams or stock ponds or lakes or whatever that you can actually be collecting water from. You know, in the long term. So that's something you need to consider, highly. When you do that, though, you need to be very cognizant of purification methods on that do not go 100%. drinking from the source do not make this a medical issue parasites parasites mm-hmm. parasites and bacteria that's all i'm gonna say and even more well and that's why we talk about the purification system right so your chemical mechanical boiling mm-hmm. you know there's always a way to purify water always Something outside of that, though, even more so than your food, is securing your water and your water source. Water is life. Protect your life. If someone controls your water, they control you. Outside of everything else in your home, if you were stuck at home and someone turned off your water, that is the one thing you're worried about. I give you three days. Yeah. Three days max. And and if you're you're lucky. Yeah. So, and those aren't happy three days. Those are a useful three days. Holy crap. No. So above all else, definitely protect your water and your water source. Mm -hmm. So when you think about your, you know, in the community context, right? So, you know what your family has, but what do other families that, you know, you know, in your community, what do the other people have? for their food for their water for the storage of both right what do they bring to the table in that you know have you guys started a community garden have you guys talked through all this stuff yeah everyone knows about the meme of oh yeah man if anything happens i'll just go to your house you know don't let that be don't let that be a reality right you'll be building this community so that you know, if something does happen, then everybody is okay. You can do more together than you ever can on your own. Hey guys, Seven from the Hard Time Strongman Podcast here to bring a quick word from our newest sponsor, Blackbeard Firestarters. We first saw Blackbeard Firestarter a few years ago, and after seeing what the product can do, it's been our kit ever since. Their Firestarter rope and their fire plugs are windproof, waterproof, dummy proof. They have an insane burn time. And like anything else that they offer, it just works. Besides their fire stars, they offer an arc lighter, ferro rod, stormproof matches, basically anything that you need to get a fire started. To better equip you, we cherry picked their inventory and made our hard time strongman fire kit. Basically our essentials kit for anything that you can need to get a fire started. But besides that, they're offering 10% off anything in their store when you use the code STRONGMEN. We love the guys at Blackbeard Firestarter. We love what they're doing. 
We trust them and we trust their products. And we honestly can't recommend them enough. Make sure to check them out online at blackbeardfire.com or on Instagram at blackbeardfire. Huge shout out to the guys at Blackbeard Fire for working with us and for bringing the fire. As always, guys, stay in the fight. Hey everybody, this is six and seven with the Hard Time Strongman Podcast. We are coming to talk to you about our Patreon and Discord. Hey guys, our patrons get early access to all of our episodes. They get all of our exclusive pre and post shows, all of our spicy takes, all of our rabbit holes that we go on, everything that we want to include in the episode, but we can't because we need to stay on topic. And soon enough, we'll be offering digital downloads, guides, everything that we've been working on in the background will soon be available to our patrons. So make sure to check it out. And come hang out with us on Discord. Speaking of the spicy stuff, this is where we discuss most of it. Once you're there, you will get access to all of our in-depth discussions, including stuff like homesteading, fieldcraft, medical, camping, communications, shooting. You like ARs? Come talk to us about it. You like 4x4 vehicles and prepping? Come talk to us about it. You like Tannerite, Thermite, Napalm? Come talk to us about it. all of the campfire talks that would get us kicked off of other platforms. It's right there in our Discord. Come join our community. We're active on Discord every day. We're interacting with members constantly. We have guys from every walks of life coming to contribute their expertise to all of these various fields and subjects that we've been talking about. Come join the watch Discord. Come join the Discord. Join our community. Build up that better class of man. Now back to the episode. How many people have said that to you? Because I've had a lot of people say that to me. I, and I, I just laugh. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In my mind, I'm like, no, absolutely not. I I try to be, I try to keep the prepping part uh, more quiet. So I haven't had that too much. But, you know, from the, you know, the freeze of 21, you know, people know that I, you know, stayed generally prepared. So you know, I don't live in a community where I'm not, you know, I'm necessarily worried about that. But, you know, my community, they, you know, they're more, you know, they know how serious it is. Right. So mm-hmm. they're moving that direction. But I don't know about the rest of my neighbors. You know, the neighbors down the street or one street over. You know, you can't count on them to be at the same level that you are. That's why you need to check in on people, get organizing so that you don't have people, you know, knocking on your door. Then you have three families plus that are worried about getting food. And, you know, you're suddenly have the burn of that at the risk of, you know, Having that be a, you know, a conflict. Right. So there's a lot of layers to this. There is. But let's definitely move on because we still have quite a bit to cover here. Yeah, for sure. So let's 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 hit fire. You don't have a lot of notes here. Um, and by a lot of notes, I mean you have none. So let's free ball this and see what we can get. <laughs> fire i threw fire in there because it is a pillar of survival it is and when all else fails yo that's what you're gonna have to work with but basic short-term preps for you know fire for making and keeping fire right outside of like a rural context where you have a bunch of people with wood burning stoves or fireplaces 
and you know people actually know how to swing an axe and chop wood super easy thing if you're able if you're at a point in your community where you can give people or suggest to people a shopping list pick lighters yeah super easy matches a matchbook right um shameless plug blackberry fire starters yep super no nonsense dummy proof stuff windproof waterproof yada 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 stuff that i've kept in my kit for years i know you have too but yep. things that you can yeah i would say the plugs honestly would be the easiest one you know because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of finesse with those things you rip them in half and you're good to go now Dude, those things are literally dummy proof yeah so that being said this one is a little hard to contextualize right everybody needs food everybody needs water now you may not be dealing with fire a lot but it should be something that everybody has you know i remember growing up everybody whenever we lost power growing up in oregon everybody had a drawer that had all the flashlights and the batteries and a matchbook and everyone just lit candles and you just weighed it out you know because everybody canned food and everything else right so i don't know what everybody else's context is but basic ways to make fire should be easily prevalent or everyone should have at least something right so that's why i say at the bare bones basics have a big lighter you know and you can even make a you know simple bag for everybody with you know a big lighter and some and some tinder and call a day because you know not everybody has a a fireplace even right to worry about but you know, I guess a different context would be like a gas burning stove, like a like a grill. You know, I would consider that because you're talking about that for water purification. You're talking about that for cooking. So mm-hmm. uh, what can you speak into with that? So with this, my mind is going. So natural disaster wise, if you are lucky, you still are connected to. Um, city gas. You don't have any leaks. You can hop on, you know, your gas stove and you're good to go. You've got fire. You you can cook your meals. Um, barring that, like you said, uh, charcoal grills, uh, propane grills, um, hell, wood stove, pellets, yeah, smokers. Um, Oh, you could go as far as just being able to build your a campfire. Campfire, your freaking um, pocket rocket, mm-hmm. you know, campfire stoves. Those are what I'm thinking, but long term, those require fuel. And if you can't source those, or if your gas is cut off due to a natural disaster by the city, then you're going to want to be able to source wood somehow. You're going to want to find some form of fuel to be able to build a fire because you can't just eat cold cut sandwiches the entire time. Number one, because they're going to spoil unless you somehow can keep them everything cold. But barring that, like, what are you going to do? Eat grass? Like, you're going to want you're going to want to cook some meat. You're going to want to cook a meal. Like, and you're going to want to. Also, once again, this is a community thing, right? So not every single family needs to be cooking at the same time, right? You can have, you can pull your resources, have, you know, one fireplace or one grill or one, you know, insert here and just be, you know, cooking Mm -hmm. in batches, you know, for, for bulk food. So, you know, be, be smart about this. 
you know, right. and, you know, something that we didn't talk about with like the food and water, but um, at the start of a disaster, when you're organizing, or even as you're organizing now, when you're not currently in a disaster, having an honest inventory. Right. Yep. So, you know, and most of the time it'll be better if you have this already done for your home. So you can show it as one, as an example, and two, as a sign of trust, right? With your, with your trusted community, don't be throwing this out to randoms, right? But, you know, big thing in leadership is not doing anything that you wouldn't, you know, not asking anybody to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. Right. Right. So as an example, as you know, a sign of trust, whatever, however you see this, but like, Hey, you know, family, a family B, this is what I have you know, prepped for food. My idea is to have food for each person for however long. This is my plan for war. This is my plan to make a fire if we need to to keep warm or to or to or to cook food, whatever. And then long term, like you said, knowing where and how to source your tinder, your kindling, your fuel. Ideally, whatever situation you're finding yourself in is going to be a short-term thing be mm-hmm. it i don't know wildfire or well i mean i guess not wildfire because you'd probably be evacuating but say a blackout whatever blackout yeah. yeah ideally beforehand especially if you have a propane grill go top off your freaking canisters or buy a second one or a third I gonna, one i was gonna say buy a second canister those things last a long time but Buy a second one. Keep that one always filled as a general SOP for your house. I've got it. I've got a second one and sitting in my right now. Just like you should have at least a five gallon, you know, jerry can of fuel in your garage. Yeah. I've got it sitting in storage. <laughs> it's a well, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, though, is it, sh- it should be just a natural thing. This should yeah. be an implied thing for for every house. It's just basics, 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 basic things. So moving on. That takes shelter. Us to the sh- yeah. Moving on. Shelter. So what have you got? Emergency. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, the house. You've got um your your trailer tent. Like right. what what have you got shelter wise for yeah. emergencies? So shelter, that's more of a like, oh my gosh, man, that is like a last resort, mm-hmm. like bugging out kind of thing. But for shelter, what I meant when I put that down was, is your home, right? Yeah. So oh, we talked about this in the past about having, you know, just basic tools, knowing how to use your basic tools, having basic supplies, screws, nails, you know, whatever, knowing how to use those. So, you know, we're seeing this a lot with the hurricanes, with tornadoes, you know, natural disasters, right? You have trees coming down people's homes, right? So yeah. in a you know, disaster context and emergency context, right? One, are you going to use that home anymore? Right. If a hundred year old Oak tree falls down in the middle of, you know, your family of fives house, you can't live there anymore. That's not safe. You know, it's not protecting you from anything. So, Hmm. you know, does your community have a way to pick that up, to pick up that slack, right? Can your neighbors house you or your family can you house your neighbors or their families, right? Things to consider. Barring, 
barring that, um, are there supplies on hand to repair the damage that was done? Exactly. Or even minor repairs, not even like a tree coming down, but, you know, say something busts out a window, you know, mm-hmm. can you patch that up or a door or, you know, siding gets ripped off or shingles, you know, in a, a, a minor leak in a roof can or hell man, a, a cracked pipe in winter can have huge consequences. Yes. Dude, I am so thankful. I actually live in a Southern state just for the fact that our pipes will never freeze unless, you know, the day after freaking tomorrow happens. Oh man, I, I have a story about this. Okay. So during the freeze in 21, so mm-hmm. I had, you know, I was like getting, you know, figuring out our inventory, figuring out what we were going to do for the night. And then my wife went to go turn on the faucet and the water stopped running. Oh, and so I was like, Oh crap. Because I, I didn't think about it, but it was it. The faucet was on exterior wall. I was helping a neighbor mm. out and I told him about that. Just like, Oh man, I need to figure this out. And he's like, Oh, just throw a candle under it. I said, what? He said, yeah, light a candle, put it under, you know, under the pipe, have the faucet on. It'll, it'll melt it. You'll be good to go. I did it not five minutes later. Ice melted, broke through, running like nothing happened. He said, after it runs through, put on a drip. Let me guess. His name started with J. R. Oh, okay. Not who I was talking about then. No, 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 not him. Old old guy. Old dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. But. That sounds, yeah, that sounds like an old guy solution. Yeah. But it friggin' worked. And then I threw every other faucet in my house on a drip. I didn't have to worry about my pipes busting. I was good to go. Yep. Yeah. So. God. Yeah. So knowing those little things, how to, you know, help out. I can't tell you how many buddies. My buddy, Jay, you know, I went out with him to go help people whose pipes burst. I was out there in like five degree weather helping him fix all that. (laughs) You know, I can't tell you how many. I can't tell you how many times I had to deal with that on the farm until we just said screw it mm-hmm. and switched all the piping to, to PVC. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to switch. Like whenever I build a house, I can't wait to make everything out of PEX. Oh, I'm gonna lose my mind. Can't wait. That was probably my my greatest fear living in Indiana during some of our freaking really stupid cold winters was just the pipes freezing. Horrible. Absolutely I mean, horrible. You know, never mind the fact that, you know, you couldn't take a hot shower. Like, never mind that. Just just the fact of like, oh, crap, I, I need a glass of water. Let me go. Nope. Ka-tonk. No. Oops. Mm-hmm. Something else. That I don't think I put it on here, but um, transportation. That's another huge thing. Mm. So during that same freeze, right, the roads froze over two or three times consecutively. Yeah. So. Where are you going <laughs> if you don't have and tire chains or studs yep. or a four by four vehicle, you know, four by four, you know, uh, you know, capable vehicle. As they said in Boondock Saints, are you going nowhere? <laughs> so this goes back to your inventory, right? So talk with your neighbors, figure out what everybody has, what your capabilities are. If you don't know what your capabilities are. How are you supposed to do anything? Mm-hmm. You know, are you figuring this all out on the fly? No. You know, because if there's an emergency, you have to go pick up somebody's wife or their kids or whatever, and they're not able to, you know, you need to be able to pick up the slack. Did you mention clothing? 
Uh, no, I did not. Yeah. Well, having to do with shelter. Yeah. I mean, that isn't shelter. Is your first shelter. If if you think about it. Yeah, that's true. Clothing. I mean, I had neighbors that had just moved from Northern California right before the freeze. They did not have any winter clothing. And then we went into a hundred year storm. They were both 80 plus years old and they hid in their bed under the covers the entire four days that we did not have power because they weren't able to do anything else without dying. How did they survive, dude? By staying under the covers in their bed with their two dogs for four days. And their wow. annoying younger neighbor checked on them every day to make sure that they were still alive. I eat you. I eat me. Yeah. Any hoozle. I also gave him hand warmers because, you know, that helps too. Mm. I mean, keep it in mind, in mind just... With your home being your castle, you got to make sure that it's secure from, you know, the elements, pests, threats of all kinds. So do your locks work? You know, do you have any cracks that bugs can get in through? Be it bees or mosquitoes or ants, what have you. I mean, well, outside of the, outside of the, your household context, right? Community. Community wise. wise. What security look like for your community? Tipping back to clothing for like two seconds, right? So my old man always told me to bring a jacket. So I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe you know, keep up on some extra clothes, and then if you need to, you can flex stuff over, you know, like a good neighbor. Dude, that's I, I just now thought of that, and I think back to my um, my emergency supply, especially my winter stuff, and I'm thinking through it. And it's just like I have four of those freaking watch caps, extra. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I didn't even realize it. I have extra winter stuff tucked away and I didn't realize it. Yeah. 8% well, of heat is lost through the head. So you see yep, your neighbor wrong. You know, in his huge jacket with no headgear and he's freezing. Here's here's a beanie, man. <laughs> don't die. Well, you know the best you know the best part is we don't have to deal with that here. <laughs> yeah, right. Just throw it away. But but no. I'm not gonna throw that away. But, but you know <laughs> community wise. Right. So security. Yeah. I don't know. You remember when you were a kid and seeing the uh, neighborhood watch signs? We got them here. I don't know. Maybe set up a neighborhood watch with your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Maybe set up some SOPs like, hey, if we see this, be concerned. You know, yeah. teach your neighbors, talk with your neighbors about what to look for, what you guys are worried about in your context, in your communities. Maybe talk with your neighbors, you know, if you're going to leave town for a trip. Like, hey, man, me and the wife are going to be out for a couple of days over the weekend. Would you just keep an eye on the place? We're not expecting anybody. So no way should be, you know, hanging out. And then they have your number. I can't tell you how many times our neighbors have called us about our freaking dogs. <laughs> like, hey, you know, your dog's out. You want me to do it? Yeah, we talk to them and, you know, they talk to the animal control and get them back in our house because our dogs are idiots. But we have a good we have good rapport with our neighbors and, you know, they can help us out with that. That's also something that I have noticed. I mean, coming from Indiana, where a lot of times, I mean, people were friendly enough, but we also, you know, kept to ourselves mostly. Like there was a small right. community, like we kept a small community, but everything else, 
moving to Texas, everybody was friendly. There was some yeah. community though. So it was almost like the inverse, like everybody's friendly, but there's almost no community. And then I moved to Florida and everybody hates you and there's no community. Like or at least very neighbor. little. Yeah. Stay, Stay over, over there. there. Yeah. Um, but it all starts with just talking to people. You yeah. got to talk to your neighbor. Like my neighbor right across the fence, we, and well, two of the fences, I, we have good rapport with them. Like I know the other neighbor. I know the neighbor across the street. I don't talk to them ever, but these guys next to us, I mean, we talk to them all the time. Like, Hey, yeah, we're going out of town. Like if anybody shows up, um, 12 gauge them in the face. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you. Yeah. Like, so best thing that we did, you know, outside of, you know, when we first moved in, you know, going off and, you know, knocking on doors, talking to people. I can't tell you how good it was for us to start that garden in the front yard. Starting that garden in the front yard, actually working out in that garden, you know, on the weekends during the day when, you know, people were out and about and lively, but out there just working the dirt, you know, make ourselves available to talk to people. It was huge. You know, people, oh, what are you doing? Where are you playing? You know, it just started so many conversations. And, you know, with the the future promise of, oh, yeah, you know, whenever we get this, you know, and just being able to offer it to people. You know, when we had a yes. big harvest, being able to go, it's like, hey, here's a zucchini I was talking about. You know, I can't tell you how many connections that made for us. You know, yes. absolutely huge. Moving on to power. So. That one is a tricky one for, for several reasons. Oh God, there's right? so many reasons, but there were a few things that I can think of, you know, personally. Right. So during the freeze, we had a couple of new neighbors with uh, generators. And, you know, when we, when I went over there to check on them, like, Hey, you know, we have our generator. I got my generator running. Do you guys have anything that you need to charge? Do you guys, you know, want to come over? You know, I hooked up to my microwave. You guys can microwave something or, you know, we have a neighbor with a bigger generator and granted we didn't need it for the freeze. Obviously I just threw whatever was uh, perishable in the garage and it was frozen. But, you know, if you lost power during the summer, yeah, you know, neighbors who have generators and be like, Hey, do you need anything that you need to throw into my fridge or my freezer? You know, make yourself available that way. Our best buddies down here, um, something really sweet that they did for us because they had power. and We did not was they brought over like five of those little portable, uh, power banks. Thanks. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, you guys need to charge your phones. Like, here you go. And we were able to keep our oh. phones going throughout the, you know, the four days. It's like, oh my gosh, that was such a blessing to us, you know? Right. And those same buddies, they are like, hey, you guys are idiots. You know, come by every now and then and you guys can warm up. And, you know, it was a it was a 10 minute drive, you know, 20 minutes with all the, you know, the crappy roads and everything. But we have a four by four vehicle that can make the drive. But while I was at home, you know, chopping wood, checking on neighbors, keeping the fire going i was able to send my wife and my boy over to you know our friends where they could warm up for a couple hours take a warm shower and you know just you know help bear it a little better yeah but as far as your community preparedness goes you know like was your plan look like you know do you have those little power rings do you have an inverter 
you know, for your vehicle or whatever else? Do you have a generator? You know, if you're a little farther along on the whole preparedness thing than I am, do you have a home generator? You know, that can power your entire home. You know, because then you you're have... looking into, you know, like you mm-hmm. are the warming station. You are where people need to go to help preserve their food or to cook or whatever else, which is a big responsibility, but it's a huge blessing too. Because then, you know, you're building that community, you're taking care of people. That's huge. You know, you take care of people, they'll take care of you. One of the big things we have here is a lot of people are going to solar panels. Yes, I've seen that too. Granted, granted, they're trying to just offset offset the rising freaking monthly cost from Duke Energy. But if the power goes out, like you still have power. Granted, potentially it's a sunny day. Yeah, potentially. potentially. As long in as it's Texas, a sunny day. Well, in Texas, I've talked to several companies, and the biggest drawback that I found, which that's an easy way to fix, was that it just you still rely on the grid essentially. So if the grid goes down, your solar doesn't keep running. Like it doesn't run your house. Really? Which is odd, right? Because it has a controller, essentially. So basically, it's like a, a back pay kind of thing with the solar versus the grid. Now, if you have a buddy who's, you know, electrically inclined and can, you know, reroute that to fix that issue for you, potentially, Mr. then that's not really an issue, right? Yeah. But... Needless to say, whenever, you know, we talked about this in our homesteading episode, but, you know, my power, you know, my home's going to be primarily solar powered mm-hmm. whenever we get to building on some land. But, right. Yeah. Huge consideration. Yep. Make sure you have a, if you do that, make sure you have a bank of batteries to be storing that energy so that when it, there is, you know, nighttime, obviously, and or cloudy day where you can't get the power from the solar panels, you have extra energy stored up now down here in florida i wonder if that's the same thing where if the grid goes down your sol i don't right. know because i don't have solar power and we have never run into that issue somehow well another thing to consider too is whatever your uh, power solution is making sure that we'll cover the adequate amp hours correct you know, the kilowatt amp hours for whatever you need to run now, for a lot of that, that can be amenities, but for a lot of people, it may you know be a necessity, you know, for medical equipment. Even if you live in freaking Arizona, you know, you need your AC or you're gonna die. Yep. So, you know, they'd be they'd be melting car paint out there. It's not a not wrong, not a conducive way to live. But long term solutions for power, right? So. Think if you have a scenario like, you know, not, not necessarily like a one second after where you have an EMP go off and you, you lose everything, but say you have long-term blackouts, right? Someone attacks the grid even, and the grid goes down. Now it's still there, but it's not usable, right? You can still use electric power, but you no longer have somebody holding your hand. What does that look like? You know, can you use, like you said, solar power? Hydropower, wind power, can, do you have natural gas reserves or you know, ways to utilize that? Uh, you know, different ways to 
store your food or preserve your food, you know, a lot goes into, you know, producing and utilizing power as we know it. Now, something that, you know, there is a lot to be said about uh, reducing your dependency on power potentially, right? That's probably a good place to start. You said about living off the grid too. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The less dependent we have to probably be on the grid itself, the better off you honestly are. I mean, that's going to lower your electric bills right off the bat, but you yeah, can't I mean, fully get away from it. But amenities are amenities, right? It's mm-hmm. nice to have. You know, there's they are. no there's no problem with you know living within your means with the amenities that you currently have. But correct, that's that will never be an excuse for not being prepared for you know if those are taken away from you. Right. I mean, we we've seen it. What happens when the internet goes down? Period. Right. People lose their minds. Mm-hmm. Or when the power goes out, people lose their ever loving minds. We've seen it time and time again. It's been covered in the news. It's been covered in books. Like It's not like there's no. It's not like there isn't a precedence of this kind of thing happening. Humans will be humans, period. So what we're basically just saying is just think ahead. Play chess when everybody else is playing checkers. Right. Communication. So. How are you going to communicate with your, you know, not just your family, but your greater community? So we just had somebody on the podcast. Uh, well, what the episode's going to be released on Saturday, Atropos Concepts. You know, we've talked yeah, to Civil Sentinel in the past, right? So mm-hmm. radio communication is absolutely huge. You know, how can you, how can you adequately, what am I trying to say? How can you, equip your community in this way. Right. Because not everyone's going to be spun up on the same equipment that you are. Correct. You know, are your neighbors close enough to where you can just walk by and, you know, walk over and talk to them? You know, are you blessed to have the cell tower still? Are you using radios? You know, this is the, you know, are your neighbors even open to that? You know, these are things that need to be considered. These are things that need to be talked about. You're lucky enough to be able to charge things. I fully recommend mm-hmm. having just a set of radios, you know, yeah, with extra batteries, obviously, but making sure that others have radios with backup batteries, you know, right. I mean, you and I have Way joked to charge around those in the past. Batteries. Right. Exactly. And you and I have joked around in the past about, you know, going over to your neighbor's house with a tote and just be like, hey, man, hold on to this. Don't open it, but hold on to this and just throw it in your garage or something. And sure enough, in there is like a set of radios or something, you know, yeah. some supplies for emergencies. Well, and so, you know, talking with my with my neighbors, right, mm-hmm. my one of my older neighbors, older gentleman, you know, he's really passionate about being prepared for emergencies that's what he used to love to do and when he was in california he in fact had a he had a whole uh connex 20 foot connex that he filled with just clothing for children and that was the ministry that he made for his church you know if kids were in need or families were in need he you know just had all these supplies that he could offer people you know he loved being essentially a benefactor 
know, that's what he loved to do because he was in a position where he could do that. So one of the things that he did with me or he asked me to do is he gave me, you know, some some funds. And he's like, hey, I want to get set up with radios. And he ended up buying, you know, a Beofang for every household that he was worried about. And I'm using just my general knowledge of radios and the Beofang and some software on my computer. And I'm programming all these radios. I'm going to even uh, type out a card, laminate it so that, you know, it's dummy proof. But it's a $20 investment per household. And they're going to have every national weather service they're going to have reliable channels that they can reach out to their neighbors on if they no longer have their cell phone you know and it doesn't even have to be that complicated hell man you can go to walmart and get a blister pack of little cb radios oh yeah something hey, simple man, i mean throw- something happens hit me up on channel two let's go <laughs> you know yeah some like, freaking batteries in it and you're good to go yeah exactly and then last point I had on here, unless you have anything else, man, I uh, want to talk about kids and pets. Because skip security that, or do you want to hit security? Do we not talk about security? You already talked about that. We kind of did. I mean, all right, let's 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 tack it down, man. I mean, honestly, yeah, we kind of skipped over some things, but I, I don't think it's worth. Going well, no, back. here's I mean, it's well, here's the thing, right? So our so our general audience you guys you know i trust that you are at least comfortable with firearms right so if you do not own firearms right so get a firearm get proficient in it but don't neglect your neighbors right this is an excellent opportunity to have your neighbors over supper and talk to them about basic you know firearms information and safe use of firearms right you know, thinking about, uh, you know, like disaster scenarios, like one second after, you know, thinking about, you know, the base old school traditional militia, right? Every citizen needs to know how to use this, right? If not just for general safety, but to protect your community. So what do your neighbors have? You know, do they have, you know, AR? Do they have... Uh, 30 days special, do they have a break action, you know, 12 gauge, you know, what, what do you have to work with here? And do you actually trust these people with these firearms? If not fix that, <laughs> you know, you should be at a point to where you can instruct people and instruct them well. Right. So please do that. You need to be able to rely on people. You know, you need to, you need to know that your neighbors have your back and they need to know that you have theirs. So on that same vein, right? So we talked about aerosols a little bit. We'll do our, you know, a full episode on that in the future. But knowing your neighborhood, knowing your immediate area, right? Not just during the day, but at night, right? Think about, you know, from a security standpoint, avenues of approach, key terrain, covering concealment, you know, all the things that we've talked about in the past, but you're not in some notional you know, operating environment anymore, you are home. Right. So, you know, what does that look like? And do your when you go out and you look out at your neighborhood and your, you know, general, you know, close environment, do your neighbors see the same things that you see? 
If not, you should have a conversation with them. When you ask questions like that, because my mind immediately goes to no. I guarantee no. Yeah. But it's something to think about, right? Because guaranteed your neighbors don't think the same way that you do, but they're an asset anyways. You are an asset anyways, right? So share that. Mm -hmm. It, It is hard to get people into the same like mindset perception that you and I are in just because Mm -hmm. we know what to look for. We've been there. We've done that. We, you know, a lot of these people have lived their lives in ignorant bliss, so they don't know what to look for. And I like that you bring that up because it is our job to, to inform them. And that's honestly what we're trying to do here with all of our series. Like we are trying to get everybody spun up. Like you, you may not end up at the same level of skill or knowledge that we are hell we might any be the same level of skills and knowledge as you are you may have like such a leg up on us that you know you laugh at us half the stuff that we're putting out but still it doesn't matter like knowledge is knowledge and i say it time and time again you are never not a student oh a hundred percent yeah something to think about too right is I think about all the time, think about whenever you watch or you read a book or you watch a movie and something Mm -hmm. bad happens. You know, in some movies, it lasts longer than those. But think about that first 20 minutes where all the side characters, right, are busy losing their minds. Mm -hmm. And oh, my gosh, I can't believe this happened. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I can't use the grocery store anymore. Or, oh, they tore up my baseball field or, oh, I, you know, oh, this, oh, that. And everyone's losing their minds. And at that point, you're wasting time and resources trying to wrap your head around your current situation. Right. That's an essential time where things need to be happening. Right. So the more we can teach people, the more you talk to people, the more that you you know, prep your communities for this sort of thing. The more you have these conversations, the more you get people in that headspace, the less of a shock it is, right? No longer is it, oh my gosh, my power went out. What am I going to do? Oh, my daughter. Oh, but you know, it's, it's not, you know, it's not a a skip in their thought process. It's, oh, my power went out. I'm going to go in my garage and get that tote just like six told me to keep in here in case something happened. Cause I know that there's a wool blanket batteries, a radio that he told me what channel to go to, to, to talk to him and a couple canned, you know, things of food or, you know, they, you know, people will know what to do so that you're not wasting time on, on getting people in that headspace. Moving on, let's hit up. Moving on, kids and pets. <laughs> kids and pets. That this isn't a long talking point. I just wanted to. It's not bring those up as a consideration as we are both dads. Mm-hmm. Not everyone else is dads. You know, about to be a dad. You're a dad. It has a heartbeat. I heard it. So did I, multiple times. Yay, baby. Anywho, yay. Um, yes. 
something that people don't really think about in their preps or, you know, if they don't have children are children, right? So like we talked earlier with kids or with food, kids can be picky eaters. Mm -hmm. Kids, bless their hearts, require entertainment so they don't drive themselves and you nuts while you're trying to get everything else handled. Kids get into mischief and God help them. They don't always listen to you right away every single time. This can be a security concern and you should keep that in mind. Right. So kids running off, kids getting into stuff they shouldn't be getting into, kids playing with things they shouldn't. This, that, the other at all, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. Something that we talked about during. Gosh, what episode was that? Um, our one of our situational awareness episodes, right? It doesn't cost you anything to look out for other people's kids, right? So if you see them doing something they shouldn't or getting into stuff or you know, potentially something bad going on, you know, help mom and dad handle that. And so on a sorry, I just want to say with with pets. Go ahead. Oh my god. I did want to say with pets, if your mind. pet isn't useful, it's just another mouth to feed. And if it's just another mouth to feed and there's not a lot of food to go around, it might just be food. Train your dog. Mm. I don't even want to think that way, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, as long as much as I do that I do not like yap dogs. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean yap dogs. I mean these little like 15 pound fuzzy designer handbag dogs who have no other purpose than to be someone's emotional support pet and offer mm-hmm. absolutely nothing to the world. I hate them. They're cats. They're an annoyance to me. I don't think of them as dogs. And at the right. same time, they can be useful. They can be a security thing, but they need to be properly trained. Like you said, train your dog. So at the end of it all, keep in mind all the things you're going to need commodity wise, especially utilitarian wise. We're talking flashlights. We're talking phone chargers. We're talking maps, hand foot warmers, batteries, handles, all the above. Extras, extras, extras. Extras, 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 fuel for things. Keep all of this in mind because you're going to want to have, like you said, extras, 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 and make sure that they actually work. Don't go to throw on that extra tank of propane and realize that it's empty. Mm-hmm. And we had kind of a hard time in this episode with this specifically, but do not think of this just in the context of your own family. Don't think of this in the context of just what you have, just what you bring to the table, just what, you know, these preps are for, for you and yours, right? The whole point of this episode was getting with your community organizing with your neighbors, your communities, talking about these subjects, right? Talking about these preps, 
what you have, but getting together and seeing where everybody's at getting together, you know, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? You know, where's everybody else, you know, sit in this. And then how can we make this even better? How can we do even better together? Right. Pooling your resources because you can, you know, if everybody pool their resources so that they could buy food preps or buy ways to purify water, you know, exponentially more than what you'd be able to do on your own. Not to mention, you know, not just relying on yourself for food, water, you know, whatever, but having a neighbor that says, hey, my garden is doing really great this year. I've got veggies and fruits or I've got veggies and starches. Another or another neighbor who's like, hey, you know, I'm a farmer. I've got, you know, five heads of beef and we're going to be good on, you know, on meat. Having another you know, and maybe this is you having another neighbor who's like, Hey, I've got six ARs and you know, my safe, we're good to go on security. Like I'll, I'll get everybody spun up on this and you know, we're, you know, we'll be solid, but what do you have, you know, not only in your household, but what can you bring to the table for your greater community? And how can you leverage that in your community to set up your community both for short-term and for long-term success. With that being said, guys, this was, I guess, not a short episode, but not even remotely. We, we, we just wanted to you know, give you guys a quick word on that. This is stuff that we've all talked, you know, we talked about all the stuff in, you know, in prior episodes, but we want you to, you know, to, to shift your, your mindset a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as you're listening to this, if you have questions for us, if you want to reach out to, you know, other guys that may be in your area so you can build this community, if you want to get better together and, you know, really just maximize your potential here, email us, let us know. You can reach out on our email at htsmpodcast at htsm.io. We have a discord. We're on Patreon. We're on YouTube. Spotify allows you to ask questions and give feedback on IG where hard time Charmin podcast reach out and get together with people, build this community up so that we can fill in the gaps. Six, you have anything? And this was pretty comprehensive. I know we, there's probably some holes of stuff we missed, but at the same time, you know, this was a great episode. This was a lot of things. I'm glad that we can finally start putting things into perspective, things into context for you guys. Tying things together. Yeah. Yeah. If we missed anything, you know, if you have other suggestions, please, dear God, hit us up, join us on discord, you know, feel free to talk to us about pretty much anything, you know, yeah, in a notional context. No <laughs> the beautiful thing about, Owning and operating a podcast is that we can talk about wherever we want to, however many times we want to talk about. It. So if we miss something, we'll probably talk about it later. Mm-hmm. So, guys, we're talking about town meetings, how to build out your community and get your community prepared. As always, we're the Hard Time Strongman Podcast, showing you a better class of man. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight.
Hey guys, this is six and seven with the hard time strongman podcast. Wanted to take a second to do a mental health check-in and to tell you all about the 988 crisis lifeline. So the 988 lifeline is a national network of local crisis centers that provides free and confidential emotional support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the United States. You can reach the lifeline at 988lifeline.org or you can call or text 988 to get help to get someone real on the phone. Every struggle is different. Every struggle is hard. But you are not alone in whatever you're going through. As someone who has used the 988 crisis line, I fully recommend that if you're feeling any of those feelings of depression, suicide, hopelessness, get in touch with them immediately. They will help you. They will listen to you. Once again, guys, you can reach the lifeline at 988lifeline.org or you can call or text them at 988. As always, guys, stay in the fight. Stay in the fight.